Welcome to the Power Play Podcast, where international cricketer Kyron Powell and marketing genius Jordan Shannon join forces, bringing you captivating conversations with the biggest players in cricket and business. Join us as we dive into the lives of current stars in the cricketing world, the legends before them, and those extraordinary icons whose performances changed the game in both cricket and business. Exploring journeys both on and off the pitch, the boardroom, and everything in between. Get ready for an exhilarating blend of cricket, life, and business insights with two insatiably passionate, infuriatingly no-holds-barred hosts who, unfortunately for the rest of us, live and breathe this stuff for a living. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of the Power Play podcast. I'm Jordan Shannon, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyron Powell. How are you, Kai? I'm good. Lovely Kyron in the background there. How are you? So, look at that. It's just amazing. If I if I turn this camera around, you would see five degrees. It's, it's grey, wet, dark, and I keep all I keep thinking to myself is it springs round the corner, and I keep thinking, you know, season's going to start here soon, and it, it feels a million miles away right now that we've got anything that looks like remote warm temperatures or anything that looks like sun. It's uh, but that looks amazing. So is that is did you? That's your home ground. Is that Warner Park? Yep, this is Warner Park. This is the stadium. Nice, and obviously your your training facilities are are not too far away. They're just at just up the back here, the um, nets and stuff. So we've had our session obviously this morning. Um, being the home team, we get to practice in the morning, um, the day before the game, and then the away team will practice in the afternoon. So the home team gets, I guess, a bit of added rest. Right. And what does what sort does a practice session look like for you? Uh depends. It's varied over over the years right now obviously um i don't try to do too much like i sort of know what i want to get out of my preparation so not not big on uh too much physical training or anything like that um right. leading into the game so right. specifically covering what i want to cover obviously um i expect bowlers to approach me in a certain way so i try and cover um i guess what I think the bowlers are doing, trying to cover as many options as possible so that I've ticked all the boxes and I've gone to the game ready to right. face every eventuality that I think they'll throw at me and, and be comfortable. That's really interesting. So you you sort of give your bowlers a bit of a game plan for yourself, what something, whether that be something that you want to work on or something that you want to see from them. Yeah, but more so, um, it's it's more based around me specifically. Um, right. I mean, as I said, I know what they'll do, so I, I try and prepare for that um, specifically with, with some coaches and some sidearm throws, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. And then I and sort of have an extra hit in terms of like what I want to do um, once I get in and like you know try and put myself in a position of dominance um, to I guess right. command and. Then, try and get a big score so um, it's, it's very specific um very detailed but not too extensive you know not anything overly exerting um obviously you want to save my energy for the match and, and sort of be fresh physically as well as mentally yeah so what what in terms of what you're thinking like half an hour worth of batting or a little bit more a little bit less uh 
Well, we sort of got rained out this morning. Um, so my pair, obviously being the opening pair, was the only pair to bat. So I think I got in maybe half an hour. Right. Yesterday I'd say I got in maybe a 45-minute session. So Right. Yeah, that's roughly around where I need to be to sort of tick, tick the boxes in terms of, I guess, play against spin, play against pace, and, yeah. you know, sidearm drills and throwdown drills, etc. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's really interesting to 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 hear about how how you sort of go about it. Really, do you do much as a team, like fielding wise? Well, I mean, this is the third game in in three weeks, so um, I'm I'm just coming in from my first game. But the guys, obviously, in the group of things, and you know, you need to I guess preserve as much energy as possible. So it's not been a heavy fielding week this week, um, yeah, because it's only only three games, three days between each yeah. game, so. Again, trying to conserve as much energy as possible with with the weather as well. It's, it's quite hot, especially given this time of the year. Um, it's not normally this hot, so you know, guys going into the third game in three weeks want to conserve as much energy as possible. And so, it's not been, I guess, too strenuous in terms of additional fielding or conditioning work or even the workloads on the bowlers in the nets. Yeah. Um, so, it's managing yourselves as best as possible so that you can get through another week and, and perform at a high level still. Oh, cool. And um, when you say about temperature, what, what temperature are you talking at the minute there? Uh, I think it's like maybe 30 degrees, 28. No, no, it's actually not 30. It's like 26, 28. But obviously being in the Caribbean, like, especially being in St. Kitts, it's a relatively small island. Well, not relatively, it's a very small island. But yeah, I remember you um, saying so, yeah. yeah. So you've got, you've got the sea breeze coming in. Um, from all angles, so it's twenty six, but it's not very humid. It's very cool at the moment. Um, the humidity was quite intense yesterday, um, right. but today it's been been okay. Oh, nice! And have you managed to see much of the 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 four day championship stuff so far? And has any anyone impressed you? Uh not really seen much of it. Obviously, um, I saw the match that the Leeds played. Yeah, I saw some of it. I saw, I think maybe the last two days or something. Obviously, Mikhail Louis getting two centuries in the match. You know, um, yeah, second last match that was really impressive. Um, obviously, Jimbo doing Jimbo things, getting um, another five wicket haul. But I haven't, I haven't really seen much of the other games per se. Um, yeah. With Trinidad starting tomorrow, like, but I do know. And I've been playing against these guys for yeah. quite a number of years. Who know the players and I guess what to expect in general. Um, what what gets tossed up on the day, then obviously I have to combat that on on the specific day. But in general, like I have an idea of what they'll be trying to do. Um, yeah, and they have what I'll be trying to do. So it's just just a matter of who can be patient for long enough to come out on top. And do you, do you see that as being quite a key, that term patience there? Do you see that as being the the big thing in in winning the the game? Really, is, is who's got that patience? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially in in four day cricket, um, longer format cricket, it's yeah. understanding that you have a lot more time than you think, and in in general, matches don't generally go the four days. So yeah players generally leave a lot more time out there than they think they had. Um, yeah. Rushing to try and get a score, feeling under pressure when, you know, pressure is, I guess, something that 
is self-imposed. When you, when you actually look at situations of the match and at the end of the day, you look at how much time was left, you, you realize that, you know, you had a lot more time and there was yeah. actually a lot less pressure than one would have thought. So, um, yeah, coming in fresh, um, I'm going to try and give myself, I'm, I'm always big on, especially the first game of the season, giving yourself that extra time yeah. to try and, um, try and get a score, like get your season off to a positive start and building on that. So that's what it's going to be about for me, obviously coming into the team and the team coming off of the back of a, a win. I think that, you know, I have, I guess, people around me that have been playing cricket um, that will allow me to, I guess, play a longer, a longer game in terms of getting myself in and, and being able to contribute. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, I know we obviously we discussed last uh, in the last pod, obviously about a little bit of, of the reasons for why you're not playing. But I'm really looking forward to to tuning in. I watched a bit of the game um, over the weekend. I watched Jimbo bowl. I thought he bowled superbly well in that second innings. Well, I thought he bowled well in the first innings, but in that second innings, he, you know, he, he caused a lot of trouble. So I'm looking forward to to seeing how you guys go. And yeah, I can't wait to see you back in action. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, nice weather. I mean, as I said, apart from, I guess, 10 minutes of rain today, it's been beautiful weather. So no. looking forward to Shouldn't be any weather interruptions for the rest of the week, I hope. Oh, it's no. so looking good. It definitely definitely looks good. I can, I can guarantee that. Um, did you manage to see any of the third tests between India and England? Um, I, tr- I try my best not... <laughs> not to watch um basketball to be fair but i did i did see like i, I got snippets of the highlights and stuff from each yeah. day's play yeah. yeah i think yeah obviously from my perspective i'll have my uh my opinion to the uh to, to here now is that i just was a little bit disappointed in the fact that um you know we you've you've closed day two with ben duckett uh, I think we're, we're obviously one thirty. I think overnight, and you come in in a situation of oh, you know, I wouldn't say England were on top of, in any way really, but in a in a position where they can they can put a bit of pressure back onto India, and they just didn't seem to go about it in that right way. This basketball, this aggressive form of 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 cricket at times, I just feel like we're letting ourselves down from a game management perspective, where we're just not necessarily taking some real key opportunities within games. I know that in the Ashes in the summer, we, there was a certain parts of a game we just didn't treat in that, you know, sometimes defence is the best form of attack at times and sometimes you just got to be, I don't know, really, obviously your opinion is completely more valuable than mine, but I just feel at times they just don't seem to... We spoke about this numerous times, obviously, but the execution aspect to it, like, is about being positive. But sometimes, like, the decision making process doesn't seem to make sense, and it just leaves England a little bit exposed at times. Um, well, I mean, you know my you know my take on yeah the whole phenomenon, um, but I just I wonder, and I'm gonna, I guess, obviously, you being an England fan, I'm gonna pose the question to you. Um, do you think that it's the style of play is a cover up for, I guess, inefficiencies of of the team, 
or do you think that they they truly believe that that is something that can work because as i said to you i think it's the success of it is predicated on playing on flat pitches yeah as soon as there's pitch or conditions that offer anything to bowlers whether it's it's spin or pace then you've you've sort of seen the results and obviously in india um the pitches are quite good for sort of day 2 day 3 yeah. and then after that game, the game changes and and spin comes into yeah into massive way so um do you think that you know it's it's a style of play predicated on inefficiencies of of i guess the team the batting unit or the bowling unit i think so yeah and i think that i again this is just my opinion and sometimes i think that people who who, who play aggressive at times in certain situations it's sometimes it's the easier thing to do in terms of like in the heat of the battle to to grind it out to to sit to you know to be defensive and 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 get behind the ball is a harder thing to do than 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 than, than the be positive and stuff and i think that england i think you're right with what you're saying and i real and i noticed when i was watching jaiswal bat he was 18 off 50 balls i think give or take and then all of a sudden he kicks on so if he, you know he gets his 216 off you know based on a on a runner ball so naturally as you as you go through your innings you 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 your strike rate will increase as you get you know you you see the ball more and and so on and so forth so i get that but i think england have got to go of understand of understanding of getting yourself in and sometimes in understanding that you've got i don't know really what how i'm trying to trying to word it but yeah i think you're probably absolutely spot on with what you're saying in terms of that's just the way they're playing because of the the way that the the batting lineup is is but you've also got to look at somebody like joe root is joe root i know there's an there's analysis that came out Every, everybody's um average has increased under brendan mccullum some have gone up from from 20 to 35 in the lights of ben ducky but ben ducky came in when he first made his debut at a difficult stage for english for english cricket he's now coming in through a bit of a different environment you've seen a spike joe roots has gone up by two i think she's obviously you know in the in the grand scheme of things you know nominal but is is it impacting certain players more so possibly yeah possibly i just think i just think that it's this I mentioned my what I'm wary of is England as a whole here is that I know you you'd laugh at this statement but people are like this entertainment aspect so I'm like oh England are great to watch and you know it's entertaining and you know they made a, there was a comment made where you know about chasing down the you know we'll chase down whatever and Jimmy Anderson made a comment about in the second test about you know having there was x amount of overs left in england needed for whatever it was and all oh, we'll, we'll do it we'll chase that in 60 or 70 overs i think england are not care if you're not not too careful here it becoming like when when all said and done with this basketball like oh yeah they were, i tell you what they were great to watch and it was entertaining and you know the way they went about it but actually how many series did they win oh well you know they drew with you know you know we yeah, they got beaten in the ashes and they got beaten in india you know i think they drew with new zealand and stuff you you great teams the top teams were remembered by by you know being in number one of the test championship or winning away in india or winning away here and there ultimately england haven't done that just yet and i think that sometimes they've got to try and 
strip it back to to actually winning, do, doing what you need to do to win a game of cricket. That's my little rant. Yeah. Just, I just think that, I mean, players like Crawley and, and Duckett, obviously it serves it serves them well, yeah. um, the style of question, etc. But I think that getting those types of stats, you sort of squander in it by having the likes of a Joe Root and a Johnny Bass to play in such a fashion because Johnny Johnny Bass is already a positive guy and then obviously yeah. Joe Root is probably the only person left in Test cricket that can possibly ever get past Sachin Tendulkar's tally yeah. in runs. Dude, and uh, I don't. There's no one else that's going to be doing no. that. Really. No, done where he is now, and the volume of games England play, and and his age, like it's all sort of lined up for him to sort of do it. But I just think that you know, it doesn't have to be something that everyone in the team subscribes to, or everyone in the team necessarily tries to play in that manner. If if you get off to a good start with with um. Let's say a ducket and a crawley, yeah. and everyone can play. Everyone can play, I guess, a lot more freely because you're already ahead of the eight ball. You've already got an amazing foundation, as opposed to, I guess, guys reverse scooping, boomer to second slip and that kind of stuff. When you're one of the best players that the game's ever seen. Okay, fair enough. You you go in the positive route, but is it really necessary? Like, do you really need to do that? Give your skill set and give your record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, his his stats have increased by two runs per innings. But what 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 benefit has that given you? Like two runs per innings, as opposed yeah. to what team can get from him if he plays the way that he's capable of playing in a series like this. Because he's a really good player of spin. You know, the last yeah, time yeah. India went yeah. out. He went up to India. He scored a double century in the first test match. He's got a really good record against spin all throughout Asia. You know, so it's not it's not something that he's not capable of or no. that he can't. I just think that he needs to sort of go back to playing his way, and I think that they need to encourage him to go back to playing. I guess what's his way, and like everyone sort of fitting in where they fit in within the whole realm of the way that they're trying to play to enable the team to have. It's, it's, I guess, best chance of winning um, consistently. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's obviously a couple of things I wanted to, to mention there. One of them is like, when, relating it to football ever so slightly, when a football team has their best player, some of them relieve the defensive duties. So say, for instance, when Ronaldo was at United, whether he played on the left-hand side or the right-hand side, he, his defensive duties were probably well. He didn't have him any defensive duties, and the that put a lot of pressure on on the right back or the left back, depending on where he played. But they, the team, knew that he had the capability to win a game by just doing what he does. And now, going back to sort of Joe Root, is that they can have game plans for like like you're saying about Duckett and Crawley. But I think what you touched on about Root, just leave Root to do what Root does best and he will have an impact on the side, whether that's being, you know, he's, he's, unbel he's a great batter, no question about it. He'll go down as as England's, arguably one of England's best ever to, to do it. But I think we should just leave him to play how he wants to play in, in scenarios. He's played enough test cricket, he's an experienced enough to, to know when to, 
to put pressure on to, to you know to soak up a few balls um and that that's what he's earned as as being as being a top player and playing them the test match, the volume of test matches he's played from you know getting that experience and with that in mind there you're saying about him going up you know two runs per innings one thing I picked up on and this is obviously coming from the press but various bits and pieces there was quite a lot of talk of Bumra missing the fourth test as a re- just resting him basically and I thought that if England just composed themselves a little bit better in that second innings where he bowled a lot more overs I'm not saying you know, potentially have won the game by chasing the score. But if England kept him out there a little bit longer and he bowled more overs, he could have then missed the fourth test. Now, a test team without Jasper Brummer is a weaker side. I get that they've got a lot of top players to bring in, but an India side without Jasper Brummer is ever so slightly weaker. So England could go into that fourth test you know, yes, it'd been turned over. It might not have been the deficit that um, that it turned out to be. What they would have, I do, I do still believe England would have been beaten. But they might have gone into that fourth test without without Bumrah. They have to bring somebody else in. It looks likely now because because he didn't bowl that many overs that he's probably going to play the fourth test. The, the win that you know, if they then go, the way they India see it could potentially be right. We win the fourth test, we win the series. He can then miss the fifth test. You know, we'll just rest. We'll, you know, we'll rest him for that. I think something like this, again, we keep talking about the basketball theory, but there's, there's more to it than just scoring, you know, in, a, in an aggressive manner. There's, there's this games, game management and also series management that I think that we could just be a little bit smarter at times to have an impact on other bits and pieces, really. I mean, you look at India, still, you're still missing Virat Kohli, who yeah. you want about a series and a manner of play which would have gotten him up to play. Yeah. He would have definitely had a big series here. There's yeah. no doubt in this type of play and stuff and in your face, he would definitely want to yeah. have a So, I mean, that's a huge factor and I think that people can now understand and appreciate what he brings to the game and what the game misses when he's not there. Yeah. Um, and you look at Pale Rahul as well being injured um, for the for the last, is it last match or last two matches? Yes. After after having scored um, well in the first game as well and his experience and what he brings to the table as well. Yeah. You also look at Rishabh Pant, who was absolutely flying in test cricket um, when before he unfortunately had that car accident. So, yeah, I mean, if India, and, and India is still ahead of the series, so let, let's sort of take that into context and understand that if India had the AAA list players, um, what a series it would have been for them if they were, you know, faced with baseball and really pumped and excited to go on, I guess, because it, it's it's a thing around the world now. Everyone wants to conquer baseball, isn't it? This this style of play that England are taking around the world and everyone wants yeah. to the team that conquers it or stops it or puts an end to it. Um, yeah. And so obviously India's strongest team would have want, wanted to send a very strong message um, and they're still sending a strong message because you look at I guess Joyswell who's been absolutely phenomenal like he's got yeah. three test centuries seven matches two or double centuries and his lowest test century is 171 which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you've got a Shubman Gill who people are Basically saying he looks like he's struggling. He's out of form, and he scored a century and a ninety-one in his in two of his 
last three test matches. Um, Rohit Sharma has just come to the party and he's going to be looking to finish off the series in a big way. Jadeja casually jumps from batting at 7 or 8 up to 5 and scores a centre and then takes 5 wicket haul. Ashwin hasn't really had an impact on the series, if you're going to be honest, in a series yeah, in yeah. India. Ashwin normally does severe damage to most touring teams. He hasn't had an impact on the series and he's going to want to have that, especially having um, experienced his own personal um, family issues yeah. as well. Um, so, I mean, it's a series that's I guess prime for a lot and I don't know how much it's taking out of England emotionally because you see um, no matter what happens, like the media is always basically just talking about the English team or you know, putting yeah. a spin on and a positive spin on whatever England does, whether um, good or bad. So it's going to be interesting next um, two games, obviously being England's um, second largest defeat in Test cricket history and yeah. India's largest victory in, in their Test cricketing history. Um, so it's it's going to be something that I guess India want to build on and India and, and England want to bounce back from. So it's it's going to be a very good watch it could be a very strong competitive game the next game or something that capitulates really quickly yeah yeah I think you're absolutely spot on with that last statement there in terms of you know the the next two games it could be something that capitulates big time or it could be something that um, you know it could be two really good test matches I think that my only concern a little bit is you don't really see people there's a couple of people there's a couple of question marks over Joe Root's form and 100% it's just purely form and obviously Johnny Bairstow's form um, in the middle in the obviously in the middle order um, and my concern a little bit is there's not many teams or sorry not many batters who would who seem to in India especially sort of kick on from the fourth and fifth test you're in a rut of form because it's obviously an incredibly at times anyway quite a test in place to, to play cricket so if you are in that rut of form it's quite tricky to potentially get going in the series in the fourth and fifth test. Um, and that's sort of maybe a little bit where I know I mentioned it last time is that after the second test, when they went to Abu Dhabi and they had this no cricket break, um, you know, would that have been a good opportunity to potentially hone in on a few bits and pieces to, you know, to, to, to go ahead into the third test and then the fourth and fifth third, fourth and fifth, obviously, after the break. But, you know, I think that it's going to be intriguing um, either way. And I hope that England don't capitulate because I think they need to figure out a way of, of um, you know, whether it was against India in India or whether it was on home soil um, this coming summer. They've During these situations where things just aren't quite going together, they've got to somehow work out a way of, 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 of pulling it round and whether that's adapting the style you mentioned there we letting Joe Root do his thing or whether that's you know whatever that however Brendan McCullum and, and Ben Stokes go about it but I think ultimately they've got to figure out a way of winning games and winning series rather than winning um, sort of passages of games you know like we spoke about before in terms of like it being such a long uh, you know, a test match being five days, there's no point England having a great afternoon and then the next morning, you know, they don't get it quite right with the ball and then they're batting in the afternoon and then and, and the five down close of play. They've got to figure out ways of winning games, not passages of play. 
yeah i don't i don't know how easy that's going to be as you said you know as mm. uh, and to go on you know th- like trends and, and patterns and passages of play tend to start repeating themselves over and over and it's like if you're in a rut it, it sort of becomes a place where you just it becomes difficult to get out of that rut and then the style of play is not necessarily conducive to no. consistent for a player that's out of form as well you know so it's yeah, a lot yeah. of things that aren't necessarily stacked in favor of i guess a batter or batters that haven't been scoring heavily coming back into form but they are experienced and high quality players as well so um yeah. it's not out of their capabilities but this is going to be difficult it's going to be tough um, again I, I i see it being series being ended up one um i'd be very surprised if there's any change i mean because you, you look at the england bowling as well um i think india are pretty much getting used to the new phases in terms of the spinners with hartley uh maybe they bring back in bashir the um, off spinner yeah i think ahmed has, yeah ahmed hasn't really had much of an impact no. um probably mark wood and jimmy anderson are going to be rested for this match so that's two new seamers um, yeah. who are the is on the bench you know will they have an impact like these two guys probably highly unlikely um, so these are lots of things that you take into consideration and it's just all stacking up in in india's favor no no you know we'll, we'll see how that goes but speaking of um you know challenging series i'm really looking forward to to um the series between new zealand and australia um i know that there's three odi sorry three t20s i think it is first and then there's a two test match series but i just quickly wanted to have a chat with you about that because we spoke last week about kane williamson um you know absolutely you know he's in some serious serious form as is um ratchin ravinder as well but i'm looking forward to it because you've got two batters there who are flying but then you've got that four uh four prong australia attack which is firing as well so i'm looking forward to seeing this clash and looking forward to seeing you know who comes out on top um in what potentially could be a little bit of a seamer friendly conditions in new zealand yeah it's going to be a good series um two of my favorite batters to watch ken williamson and steve smith yeah on both on 32 test centuries as well yeah um that's a bit of added extra incentive kane williamson come up to his 100th test match him and tim selby yeah um, which should be the match um but no it's it's always good when australia and new zealand play yeah. obviously being close to each other um the rivalry is just a natural rivalry there to see um which team gets the better of which team they don't play each other quite often um strangely enough especially um in new zealand so to create opportunity for New Zealand who have been playing test cricket recently yeah um to continue to build on on that form um Australia will want to I guess showcase their dominance um and continue winning across the format um yeah. the number one ranked team in the world and obviously world test champions um you've got some guys there from Australia that be wanting to go over and I guess continue to show that they are I mean players that have helped that team go up to number one ranking in the world so yeah it will be an interesting series um it'll be a good a good series to look at for sure you know that the quality of the cricket will be 
high, consistent. So um, yeah, really looking forward to that. I think it starts tonight, my time, around 2.15, which is like maybe 6.15 your time. So yeah, really excited about that. Yeah, I think that, yeah, 6.10 a.m. over here, um, the first T20. But yeah, I'm looking, like I said, it's going to be good. And I think that, um, I think from an, an Australia perspective, I know that Cam Green um, got a score in the Shield game. I know, I know we talked about him batting, him obviously batting at four um, and how how that will go. So that'll be quite interesting to see whether he still remains at four or whether they do swap him and Travis Head. But I know we can, obviously we can discuss that uh, next week. I know we mentioned there obviously about New Zealand coming off the back of a series and, um, you know, it was quite, a, you know, some good games between them and South Africa. And um, I think that we spoke about the opportunity to give some of the South African players to play test cricket, given the the domestic SAT 20 that was taking place. And I think that one of the benefits that's probably come out of it um, has been the opportunity it's given some and, and the fact that I thought David, ben- David Beddingham batted superbly um, in the middle order for South Africa. Um, and I think he's obviously put a, a big uh, stake into remaining in the test side, obviously, when, once they go on their next tour. Uh, and I'm saying that. He did. He did play in their last series before, yeah. didn't Yeah, he did, yeah. He's played quite a lot in the UK as well. He's already someone that was in the team. Yeah. And then I know that um, Neil Brand, who was the captain, um, although, was, you know, he's, I don't think he scored particularly many runs at the bat, with the bat, but he's taken a few wickets bowling left-arm spin. So um, he's obviously given them a bit of a an all-rounder potential option as well. So... Um, you know, I think there's been a couple of benefits from from the from the South Africa situation to come out there. I know there's a couple there, uh, a young all rounder, well, a more of a all rounder, ruined the swart. I think he's come out, he's done all right with a couple of half centuries and bowled quite well. So I think that um, you know it was a good series, a good competitive series. And I think obviously with the way that Kane Williams and Ravinda was batting, it could have been obviously any any bowling lineup. I think that he was in that. You know that form and that mindset where he's, you know, he's unstoppable at times. Yeah, I don't, I don't like these um, weekend teams being sent over. I guess to fulfil obligations by cricket boards, whilst they, you know, sort of feast on on the T Twenty um, commercials side of things. I think that the ICC is going to really have to have a look at, I guess, when and how many. T20 leagues are played throughout the year because um, it's it's really starting to affect. I mean, if it, if, if it affects a international T20 series, then that's fine. If you want to play your um, domestic T20 series and just you know reschedule that, but Test cricket is already struggling, suffering as it is, um, yeah. and, and have situations like this. Then you know, once it starts to become commonplace, where you can just send a second string team, then that sort of takes away, I guess, any value in performances in test matches because then it sort of becomes like a second level um, breeding ground as opposed to you know, the, the best. Yeah, the best cricketers in the world performing in the hardest format of the game. So that's something that definitely needs to be looked at. But in terms of the performances, you can only play against who's put in front of you, and you know, that's New Zealand did. Um, kudos to them; they they came out their first test victory in a series against South Africa. So, um, well done to them. Yeah, I know. Definitely. Definitely. 
Doc, I just wanted to get your opinion. I know you touched on obviously the, the test cricket conflict with the with the T20 side of things, and obviously the volume of, of franchise leagues around the world. Do you think it's getting to a point now where there's a slight conflict of of overlapping tournaments, which is sort of affecting, you know, players' agreements with with them signing in, in certain tournaments and then obviously it not working out and stuff like that. Do you think there needs to be a little bit more, I don't want to say organisation because I suppose that's not the right word, but do you know, is there, is there a way where it can flow a little bit easier potentially to help the players out? Yeah, well, I think I read something where they're looking to implement a hard cap on the number of NOCs a player can get per year. Oh, right, okay. Um, obviously, that's going to include your home T20 comp plus maybe another one or two um, comps outside so then players are going to have to start right. being very selective in terms of I guess which which leagues they ask for NOCs for. I also saw something that um, if you sign for a CPL for example yeah, and it's overlapping with let's say the 100 yeah. um, even if your team gets knocked out of, of the CPL you can't then go and sign um, for a team in the hundred, there's going to be a cooling off period of maybe like a month after the completion of that tournament um, to oh, sort okay. of, I guess, not dilute the the true essence and value of of T20 leagues with players. You know, um, playing in PSL today, playing in BPL tomorrow, and playing in ILT20 um, the next day. You know, um, which yeah. it, it's 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 not good for brands or brand loyalty because you can't sort of follow teams or players throughout um, a tournament. So that's something that seems as it's been addressed um, and rightfully so. So um, it's it's going to make it a lot more interesting as, I guess, players signing to franchises will become more and more of a thing now um, if, if something yeah. like that kicks in. For example... A Mumbai Indian signs their players to play for them, and they know that, for example, they'll play in an IPL and an SAT20 or SAT20 and uh, ILT20 plus their home domestic comp, and then they know, for example, that's that's them sorted for the year, and they can figure out their their year and plan and plan properly then, as opposed to guys just you know sort of playing for maybe eight nine different franchises around the world throughout the year and just sort of overlapping and not having that consistency from a tournament standpoint. Yeah. So in terms of, from an, an, an NOC perspective, do you, do you only require to get an NOC if you've got a contract with a, so I don't want to say, obviously from an English perspective, it would be a county, but from obviously your perspective, yours would, you, you would require an NOC from um, the Leeward Islands. So somebody who, for instance, like Alex Hales, who doesn't have a contract with no, Nottingham, does he still not, so require, you, he not require an NOC? You don't You don't get an NOC from your county or first class. You get an NOC from your international board. Um, right, okay. Yeah, so you still require an NOC regardless. The only point in which you cannot require an NOC as an active cricketer is if you've retired from international cricket for a period of, I think, two years or more. Um, once you've been retired right. from international cricket, I think a two-year period or more, then you don't require NOCs. But as long as you're an active cricketer, um, you require an NOC from your international board. Right. So, for instance, Dwayne Bravo wouldn't require an NOC then? Uh, if 
Is he retired? I, I think don't, he, I don't know. Yeah, so probably not. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that 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 would obviously two two things. Obviously, that's the first time I've I've heard of that. We were discussing that, which is really interesting. There's two sides of I think that, that's positive is that one, it could obviously give people a more opportunity because obviously it li- it would limit the people who are going to obviously every single tournament as such. And obviously then the negative side of things, does that then limit, you know, the, the potential player earnings that we spoke about before? Yes, but for, I guess, for for cricket to be what it needs to be, there needs to sort of be some sort of regulations and some control mechanisms put in place or else you're just going to have guys popping up here, there and everywhere. And, like, you know, it's... I guess not good for a league, you know, if, for example, as I said, I played today in the CPL and then tomorrow yeah. I'm in the 100 and then the, the yeah. next week I'm in a completely different competition, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's sort of limit in terms of movement. I, I mean, in football, that's where you have transfer. Oh, yeah. Windows, like, once once a guy is moved to a next team, then that's team place, but you don't go and play because you're not, in qualification of winning the Premier League, someone doesn't jump over to the Bundesliga or, you know, Syria R, for example. No, no, no. It's, it's a totally fair point, and I'm totally with you on that. I think what you're saying is is absolutely spot on, um, and hopefully, you know, it, it allows the because with that in mind, I imagine that the franchise leagues will look to be a lot more strategic in terms of their planning, positioning of from a calendar perspective. So, as a cricket fan. I'm not having to to choose crossover games. I can watch a, a franchise tournament, watch it full, watch it complete, and then obviously move on to on to the next one. Where you know sometimes at the minute you feel like you know I'm going on to ESPN and looking at the scorecards and looking at stuff, and you like follow it, trying to follow you know what's going on. And you know sometimes you can flick on and look at a player who's played in the ILT T20, and the next thing you know is is in the in the BP. I think you know I swear he played there two days ago, but yeah. you know. Hopefully, the, you know the communication aspect between and, and and we can sort it out nicely. So, oh, it's interesting. It is. So, thank you again for 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 today's chat. Um, I've just been in awe of your background, and I'm just thinking and dreaming about, you know, how amazing that is. The Trinidad, the Trinidad team are just 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 okay. you got. You got Joshua De Silva and Reed Emmett. <laughs> Joshua De Silva and Reed Emmett cursing me, saying, "Why did I come back for this game? <laughs> and not too happy over that." <laughs> that I could miss any other game. Why did I come back for this game? <laughs> so, this legend has already started. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you get back on to to doing what you do. But thanks so much, and uh, all the best for. Tomorrow or Thursday. Whenever it's tomorrow, out. yeah. Tomorrow, yeah, I thought it was tomorrow. Cheers, Thank Kai. Much appreciated. The Power Play Podcast. Cheers, John. Hosted yeah. by Kyron Powell and Jordan Shannon. We hope you enjoyed this immersive dive into the world of cricket and business. Exploring the unique experiences and perspectives of players past and present. Alongside those invaluable insights into intriguing business themes that transcend beyond the boundaries of sporting heroics. Be sure to set your reminders on your Alexa or Google Home device.
or we won't tell anyone if you still use those paper calendar things from a bygone era. Join us next time for more inspiring dialogue with scintillating minds on the Power Play Podcast.